Hey, this is To All The YA I've Loved Before. I'm your host, Casey Racer. On this podcast, I talk about all of the young adult fiction of books, teen movies, and TV shows that I loved back when I was a kid and teenager in the 90s and 2000s. This is season three, Nancy Drew and the Teen Girl Detective, and I am actually closing out this season with one Veronica Mars, which is a darker, grittier teen girl detective story, and I thought would be perfect for this. I have on Husband of the Pod, Ryan, and content warning, because we talk a lot about sexual assault. It's a big thing that runs through the entire series. It could not be talked about. If that is going to be something you don't want to listen to, please join us on our next episode, which, by the way, we are moving into a new season, and by we, I mean my new co-host, my best friend Ashley, who has been a guest on many episodes before. We are going to be talking about a ton of great 90s books that we both loved, and I'm so excited to have you all hear what we've been doing because we've already started kind of working on it other than that please follow us on instagram at to all the ya for lots of good book reviews and giveaways and news of the podcast and rate and review on whatever podcast platform you are currently listening to this on it's really helpful for us all right let's go solve some mysteries hey ryan hey casey Hi from your living room. You're in the bathroom. Yep. Relegated to the bathroom. You're you're a bathroom boy. I'm a bathroom boy now. I'm a bathroom cat. Ryan, my husband, who has been on the podcast a couple of other times, is joining me to talk about the 2004 to 2007 and then 2019 show, Veronica Mars. Woo! V Mars. Yeah. It was created by Rob Thomas, the writer, not the Matchbox 20 frontman. Wait, what? It's not the same guy? (laughs) No. Oh. Interestingly, he first wrote, like, the idea of Veronica Mars as a YA novel with a male protagonist. Oh. But when he was uh, kind of adapting it into the TV show we obviously know and love now, he thought that a female protagonist would be much more interesting, which I absolutely agree. Which it was. So good job. <laughs> good call. And now I feel like Veronica Mars is one of those characters that's very like, yeah, you know, like beloved. Yeah. Yeah. Very ingrained in culture. I mean, eh, probably more of a cult following than just like a mainstream love. Mm-hmm. But yeah. But when the 2019, when the fourth season came out in 2019, people were really upset about it. I actually really loved it. And yeah. I liked what happened, and I thought that, of course, Veronica Mars has to be off on her own because she's a she's a lone wolf. No matter what, she's a yep. lone wolf. And you can see why, because when you rewatch this, which we both rewatched four episodes, two from season one, two from season two, but I'm not going to talk about them by episode. We're just going to kind of talk about the show as a whole because it's really hard to talk about these episodes, even like by season because the the mystery in season one like overlaps with the things that happen in season two as well yeah i mean they keep overarching yeah arcs going at all times like you said for the entire season from season to season there's always things going on in the background like which is weird because the show is also semi-serialized where mm-hmm. most episodes have their own you know mystery of the week. mystery of the week yeah which uh, i love a show like that yeah 
which is great. And the fact that they can do that and yeah, just self-contained individual episodes and then also have that running, you know, where something from it pretty much comes up in every episode, like, you know, not every episode, but most episodes and just kind of contain those arcs is very impressive. So we watched the, the pilot episode and then the last episode we watched was the season two finale. And yep. seeing even the things that connected between those two episodes between, was yeah. wild. Yeah. And these are 20, like 24 episode seasons. Yeah. Like Rob Thomas knows what he's doing. Yeah. This is, I mean, old weekly television. So, I mean, that spans two full years and two full seasons of production. And yeah, like you said, 20, yeah, 20 episodes okay. of PE. So at least 40 to 50 episodes. Well, I mean, and wild. Singer Rob Thomas also knows what he's doing. Oh, yeah. All Rob Thomas's He's smooth. <laughs> Did you say that? Okay, song, Santana. Right? <laughs> <laughs> what is your history with Veronica Mars? Um, so I did not watch it when it was originally on. You didn't watch any teen shows except for the OC when it was except on, for really. the OC. Yeah, well, because I didn't watch the WB, I felt like I was above the WB because you know it wasn't like a real. This network, was on like UPN. So this started on UPN for the first two seasons, and then it and then it went to the CW. After Came along the, with the after with the, the merger. merger yeah. yep. mm-hmm. But I was kind of aware of it. I felt like I thought it was more of a supernaturally show since it was. It came out in that Mar- time. It came in that time. It was called Veronica Mars. They were in Neptune. Like it seemed it's to have new, like all these dark and noir. Yes, like the mm-hmm. tone is, and yep. that's like much of the Buffy charmed of yep. a little bit before that era, but going into that era for sure yeah definitely would have assumed that it was more in those vein or roswell or something like mm-hmm. that um than just a you know standard teen i mean detective show but yeah still just like kind of high school drama so then i started watching because i like sometime during college or right after college got into like one tree hill and some of those other ones and that kind of led into watching veronica mars for the first time and kind of binged through the first two seasons for sure um, before we met and then we of course you loved it and I said you know that I'd watched it before and liked it so we benched it together and yeah I don't know like I said not a not a deep past connection to it but that's kind of how I've taken it in throughout my life and as you said after you had watched those episodes we had kind of picked out to just remind ourselves about it you were like I just want to keep watching it oh yeah I just to it just, it like it's just so good in. every time like yeah. yeah it's just like I would rewatch the show all the time like it's just one of those shows that you can just continue to rewatch because it's just so well written and so well acted on top of Absolutely. having very interesting arcs so it's not yeah. just about the mystery it's about how they get there too so mm-hmm. it's pretty cool i did watch this as a teenager when it came out i watched it uh with my dad who big fan of the cw wb teen dramas michael paddock oh yeah <laughs> he like he's literally the reason i watched this show probably he's like oh you gotta watch veronica mars it's so good and then whenever he would see Kristen bell he'd be like it's my girl veronica very (laughs) funny so i think i watched the first two seasons when it was on i didn't catch the third one because i by that time i was 17 and so like i was kind of out of the range of like staying home on you know to watch teen dramas i was like like experiencing my yeah doing things (laughs) exactly i was experiencing my teen years like i would say i mostly watch like that's what happened with every single drama from like the wb that i watched i fell off in later years because i was just like yeah i was a teenager (laughs) i wasn't 14 to watch this i'm living this exactly but i've always loved veronica mars big fan 
I think when I was 22, I decided to get back into it big time because I found the first season at a half price bookstore. So I was like, I I rediscovered a lot of TV that summer, like Roswell and stuff, because I was single for pretty much the first time in years. And it was like my first big grown up (laughs) breakup, even though there was nothing adult about that. I spent a lot more time at home and just like watching things that I wanted to watch for once. <laughs> right. Yeah. Instead of watching, I don't know, someone play video games, whatever. So I got really into Veronica Mars again. And then I made you watch it when when we were together. Yeah, when we started dating, yep. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, especially because they had uh, the season four came out in 2019. So we definitely rewatched all of them again. I think this is a great show. And as you said, as I said about you, <laughs> you wanted to rewatch it as soon as you started watching episodes yeah. because there's more to like kind of, I think I had much different feelings in every different time that I watched it. Like yeah. when I was a teenager, I definitely was like, love this. I love the mystery. I thought that, you know, Veronica Mars was such a badass, which like, yeah, she is. And then I think that when I was like 22 watching it, I was kind of more like, into like the darker elements of it because mm-hmm. it's a very dark show and then oh, when i watched yeah. it this time i was like i did think that there was just like a lot more interesting things going on with how how they talked about like masculinity and how like a lot of this shit happens because of all the toxic oh, yeah. men in in neptune California. yeah oh, that is a huge theme throughout this yeah that <laughs> you catch more and more now than for sure when you watched it in 2005 right just and like the, the layers the world. yeah the layers mm-hmm. of it like especially with like lamb who was the uh sheriff that ousted keith mars he's just such a garbage human being yeah and he like he's so corrupt and like i the way they portray police even when they're talking about keith it's never good yeah and say it does have a yeah an acab feel which is yes. interesting for something that's so police heavy and it isn't like outwardly derogatory towards police but it you know Veronica doesn't like them, clearly. And no, so it's so to her point of view. And you can, you know, just kind of pick up on those things, which is fun. She does a lot of very illegal things when yeah. when she's doing her PI work and when she's just trying to like kind of, you know, because they, they are inept. The police are inept. Yes. Hmm. <laughs> Highly. I guess we should kind of talk about what the show's about. The show starts off with Veronica. She's got like no friends or anything. She's kind of like this, like I said, lone wolf. That's how she starts Mm -hmm. off the series. That's why I kind of believe that there was no other way to go with this. Right. So she goes to Neptune High, which is pretty much all rich kids. And then all of the kids that work for the rich kids families. Yeah. Like, there's really no in-between in Neptune. Like, she even says that in the first yeah, episode. Yeah, so she explicitly says there's no middle class. Yeah, there's yeah. either super and, rich yeah. or people that work for super rich. Yeah, And she's on the outs because her dad was the sheriff. And he accuses one of the most powerful men in town, who is also <laughs> the dad of her best friend, Lily, and her boyfriend, Duncan. Yep. Lily is murdered and Keith Mars accuses Duncan and then Jake uh that's yeah, the dad sorry. right that's the dad yep he, he's like very suspicious of both of them and he thinks that something happened one of them killed Lily or someone's covering it up pretty much right so he accuses them and then he gets he gets kicked out of the force and uh Duncan dumps Veronica before that even happened 
he dumps Veronica. Mm-hmm. So she she's out. So now he runs a private detective agency. And pretty much what Keith does is just like he's a he's a bounty hunter. That's bounty pretty hunter, much yeah. what he, what he mm-hmm. does. And Veronica pretty much solves all the other cases because she's very yeah. smart. She's a photographer. She knows what she's doing. She's still, of course, getting over the death of her best friend, which is really, really sad. And I feel like is not focused on enough. Oh, yeah. Just dealing with just dealing with Lily's death in general is not super dealt with. I mean, even like you said, it's her best friend. It's Duncan's sister. It's and then Logan's, it's Logan's ex-girlfriend. ex-girlfriend yeah. Yeah. And like you probably see Logan process his emotions the most over it. Uh, but he also processes the emotions of a lot of other shit that happened, things that happened to him throughout the series. I love series. Logan so, like, so much. That's pretty much the catalyst to this. And she's trying to understand what's like going on in this mystery because this guy is arrested and charged for Lily's murder but it's very clear that he didn't actually do it and yeah Yeah. so there's just like all of these parts to it where she's investigating her mom had left when Keith refused to move out of town which I actually I'm on like Leanne is garbage however I was on her side there I would not want to live in a town where everybody hated me and my family yeah Mm mm-hmm so her mom leaves. Her mom had also been having an affair with with Jake Kane. Yeah. So Duncan dumps Veronica because he thinks that she's his sister. Yeah. <laughs> so it's just like a whole a whole thing. And then in season two, there's a bus crash That's and a bunch of yeah. Neptune High kids die in it. It's really that's also like really devastating. This guy turns up with Veronica's name on her on his hand. So that's like the overarching mystery to that. Should we kind of get into the characters and kind of talk around everything else that's happened? Like I said, it's hard to just talk about one episode, like (laughs) because so many things happen in those episodes that, yeah, that yeah. link to different things in other mm-hmm. seasons as well. Well, it's just got the same CW teen drama thing of like so much happens in a 44 minute episode. And like you just watch that pilot. And it's like this could be an entire series now. Like this would be an eight episode miniseries on Netflix now. And there's and they just did it in one episode. episodes. <laughs> That, that was too many. That's too it's many. So much. Yeah. Let's talk about Veronica a little bit. Veronica, it's funny because they do show flashbacks from, uh, especially the night that Lily was murdered. And mm-hmm. Veronica used to be like this cheerleader who, who had long blonde hair. That's the difference between <laughs> the past and the present when they're when they're filming it. Because when you're a girl and you go through something traumatic, <laughs> you cut off all your hair, Casey. Yeah, Duh. and then. So she's with her father when her dad gets the call that that something happened at the Kane house, sees her best friend lying there dead. Another thing I did not like about this was the repetitive, splayed out Amanda Seyfried yeah. with her little shirt, like her little belly shirt. And you know what I mean? It was just like, it was really, it made me feel weird in a way. Like, yeah. I'm like, I don't, it was like kind They're of like sexualizing a dead teenage girl. Which yeah. Is, yeah. Yeah, I didn't. I did not enjoy that. Rob Thomas, naughty, naughty. We don't. Let's not do that. Her and her family become hated. She goes to this party to try and show that she's like above it all. She sells long hair now, and she gets drugged and wakes up and discovers she has been sexually assaulted. 
and goes to the police station and the new sheriff sheriff lamb uh laughs at her literally yeah. laughs at her literally laughs tells her to get some courage mm. which is the same thing he tells wallace mm-hmm. <laughs> it's really fucked up yeah. so yeah so she's got th- like we said this all happens in the first episode yeah <laughs> And that's kind of where, like, she kind of changes from this, like, bubbly teenage girl to this, like, hardened, sarcastic, you know, badass. detective, she, yeah. she carries a taser around. She's got her big dog back up. What do you think of Veronica? Um, outside of what we mentioned, I mean, they do a good job, though, even still, with her being as hardened and stuff as she is, as showing a vulnerable mm-hmm. side with her and her dad, with marshmallow. Wallace. He's a marshmallow. I but, uh... I love her friendship with Wallace, even yeah. though he really tries and she just like is only interested in solving She's mysteries. Not, yeah. <laughs> she, Wallace is new to town and he gets taped up by the, what are they called? PCA or P- the PCH? The PCHers yeah. on a flagpole before school and she cuts him down, which makes them both targets for these guys. But then she ends up getting the guys off from the crime and also embarrassing sheriff lamb and then they form this like her and weevil who is the the head of this crew gang yeah (laughs) uh they form like this alliance that uh goes throughout the entire series i love weevil so much so are there just entirely teenage biker gangs there's no one older or younger in this it's just only 16 year olds (laughs) like why is this 26 year old at this high school (laughs) They're all they 26. All had, they all had tattoos. Kristen Bell's 24. So uh, she becomes friends with Wallace after this and kind of makes him do like her grunt work a lot. But I also thought like he also had a lot of his own stories and, and their friendship was so sweet. And I'm so glad it never like got romantic or anything. It was just like a friendship that she really needed because mm-hmm. she lost her best friend. Well, and that he needed. I mean, he comes yeah. in and is new and an outsider as well in this town and need someone to take care of him which she does you know as much as it doesn't seem like it like but she's there for him when she really needs to be <laughs> as, as much as she got to take advantage of the situation just as it does do things but they do hang out and like each other and are there for each other when they need it at one point their parents date it's real weird that's right yeah that's real weird okay let's talk about duncan because i don't really mm, he's so boring Say, what's there to talk about? Even for someone who's like literally you think might be a murderer and could have maybe had sex with his own sister, like, why are you so boring? Why are you so boring? (laughs) You should be cool. He's got nothing going on for him. Yeah. And he's just, I mean, just the most white bread of white men, like people just completely bland. I mean, said they continue to throw these background things that should be very interesting that he does have this potential mental issue that is you know detrimental that you know once again he could have a stepsister that he doesn't know about and might have dated he might have murdered his own sister he might be involved in all these other plots but he's just this quiet lumbering oh i'm duncan even his name just yeah, duncan. Duncan. it's duncan. funny because i read on wikipedia i read that the guy i think his name's teddy dunn he auditioned for logan and then uh the guy who plays logan auditioned for duncan and the actor that played that plays logan they were like you play this too dark so you should audition for logan 
Because <laughs> even they knew Logan is much better yeah. of a character. Right. Well, that's funny them coming in because, and I don't know, some of it's the writing and the characters we already pointed out, but I would consider the guy that plays Logan to be probably a little better actor than the guy that plays Duncan, or at least he's acted, he's asked to do more and you see more out of that. And Logan's character has a lot more depth, so that makes sense. But if you're auditioning for these two people, one is the boyfriend of the main character and the other is his friend, which do you think is going to be the more interesting, more in-depth character? Yeah, you would like, think that Duncan would be the star, but of course, Logan definitely is the star. Right, it's like star this, Veronica. the sensitive, like, rich boy that kind of, like, like, you would think that he would maybe have more underneath it. And then there's, like, Logan, who's, like, a rich asshole. But, like, right. Logan has so much depth and I continue I was like kind of afraid I wasn't gonna love him as much because I do think about his character especially at the beginning where he's so mean to Veronica and by the way pretty much all Duncan who that's his ex-girlfriend and his that was his sister's best friend like right he's just like hey stop it man whenever Logan makes fun of her and I'm just like yeah can you do a little more dude yeah Logan has like He's such a complex character. Every time I see that first kiss happen between him and Veronica, I'm just like, yeah, okay, yes, let's do this. Yeah, but it takes a while to get there because he starts off as a huge piece of shit. I mean, you were talking about, you know, toxic masculinity personified. Like, that dude is awful. Just like most of the other men, definitely early on in this show, they all kind of evolve and you see their other sides. But him in particular is just like so abhorrent, like you said, making fun, which... He did lose his girlfriend as well. So like, and we know that he has problems at home and like, you know, there's yes, lots of it, things that you, that eventually come out that points to why he is the way that he is and what, you know, you eventually come to feel for him and understand why he acts that way mm-hmm. to some extent, but still it's bad. Like, yeah. I mean, it is like, it is a cartoon villain, you know, I mean, kind of the way that he acts towards some people. Like, it's, But he still like plays it in a way that, that makes him sympathetic and understandable. Well, because Instead he's of just being, so charming. Like he is so charming. <laughs> Logan is so charming. But yeah, so his dad is Aaron Eccles, who was like a famous like action actor, I guess. Yeah. In that universe, obviously. But he's an asshole and like abuses Logan and just like treats him terribly. And like is the kind of dad that makes this kid into what he is and then punishes him for the way he acts for being it yeah aaron eckles whole thing is like i'm a man and i will be respected so when logan is you know being like a man like he gets punished for it yeah and i think i didn't block out but like i i just haven't thought about like the whole story of what happens and who who kills lily in a while so i was like as soon as Aaron came on screen I was like oh fuck I forgot about that he's so disgusting so apparently Lily was having affairs with everybody it's all very Allie on Pretty Little Liars the night that she disappears where apparently she sees every single person in town like Mm -hmm. from flashbacks it turns out when you like actually connect them you're like you didn't have enough time enough hours in the day (laughs) what happened Like, this all was supposed to happen in two hours. You did not see all those people. But Lily was, so she was with Logan and she had a thing with Weevil who got her name tattooed on his arm. I'm like, calm down. You're like 17 years old. Like, and then she was also having an affair with, well, I wouldn't say an affair because actually that's disgusting. Yes. He's a grown up, but. uh, She's being sexually assaulted by. (laughs) 
Yes. It was groomed by Aaron Eccles, so her boyfriend's dad, which is so disgusting. So and disgusting. Yeah, and he ends up murdering her because she had... Oh, no, because... Oh, even worse. He had video recorded them having sex and she yeah. discovers this and she steals the tape mm-hmm. and then she tells him that i have the tape haha ha. i don't think she's right. gonna do anything with it she was just like lily was just kind of like playful and like thought it was kind of like a game to her yeah. and he kills her because if that came out obviously like his mm-hmm. life had been destroyed but would it have but would it have? Yeah. So from what we know of what happens to men in those situations, probably not. And but yeah, he... I mean, she definitely just takes it kind of like jokingly, playfully. It's like, oh, what are these? And then he's like, give that back. And of course, she kind of turns like, no. And then it does turn into like, she's thinking she could blackmail him with this or mm-hmm. whatever. And then, yeah, he just beats her over the head with an ashtray. And then he gets off for it, which is cool. And so he gets off for it. And then he tries to, in that last episode in season two, when Veronica runs into him in the elevator. So especially because the night that Veronica discovers that this had all happened, what had actually happened the night of Lily's murder Aaron comes after her and like tries to kill her. So he gets off because the court systems are bullshit. And she's in an elevator at the hotel that everybody always goes to in Neptune. In Neptune Grand. And he's just like, hi, Veronica. And I was like, oh, my God, he's a terrifying human being. Yeah, I say that dude is such a good actor. I mean, that mm-hmm. like you said, he just anytime his face is on screen, you have chills. Like just yeah. the way that he looks and act, yeah, like just, he's. Ugh. You, he's scary. Awful. Duncan does hire a hitman and has him killed, which good. Yep, just just very quickly. Yeah, it's just it, like, it's like yeah, because he's he's gotten off. He's sitting there. He's like Scott Free sitting in his hotel room, and it's just bam, dead. And then you just see Duncan on the phone, like it's done. Yeah. Boom. Okay. <laughs> Loved that because I feel like actually that makes sense that it'd be just like so like in the midst of all this other stuff that's happening in that episode. It's just like, he's dead. It's like, it's kind of like, and we're not going to talk about him anymore because he sucks. Yeah. I like to go through the entirety of like, yeah, he gets completely off scot-free and walking down the courthouse steps and like, oh yeah, this is, this is how society works. Like this is probably what would happen in real life that yep. dude would just walk free, but no, he's still going to get his justice and we're just going to wipe him out. At the beginning of season two is his like trial and everything like they're going Mm -hmm. through his trial yeah it's not like a one and done thing like this is like a like a drawn out process yeah where veronica is put on the stand and her sexual history is revealed because that has anything to do with the fact that this guy killed her best friend right and it's also really legal to do with a minor yeah, oh, well, I no. can see that happening, though. Like, that Probably. has happened. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You can see why Logan starts off as kind of a garbage human being. Yep, comes but, by it honest. But he, I mean, he has so much, like, heart. And when, sadly, his mother jumps off of a bridge, she completes suicide because Aaron just, like, humiliated her so much. And I mean, I don't know if he physically abused her since he did that to yeah. to Logan, but he definitely like mentally and emotionally like terrorized this woman, you know? Right. And there's just episodes of Logan not coming to terms with the fact that his mother is dead. And yeah. he hires Veronica 
because he thinks that that she's like he cannot accept it and it's really Mm -hmm. sad and like he has like this breakdown and like he feels so alone and then that happens and then afterwards he finds out that his dad killed his girlfriend and he's alone in that too and it's just like Mm -hmm. he's got all this shit thrown at him and that's when you're like yeah this guy's been through a lot been through some stuff Uh, i love him yeah good old logan it's it's hard with characters like these because on one hand i want to be like yeah he turned out pretty good but like he also was such a dick and like all like for a long yeah. time through all three seasons oh for yeah he he's still and he's still a dick like after he's ridiculous. like once again you understand why he is the way that he is but it's still not like he ever like just gets over it and yeah. it's just like a good human being i mean he is in spurts and he is to people that care about him but even in that he takes it too far in other instances and is mm-hmm. very violent <laughs> and, yeah, yeah. Let's let's talk about Lily then, because she's obviously shown in flashbacks. That's how since she's dead, dead. <laughs> in this start. She's I just I really wish that they we could have gotten more of her than just like her being like, I'm a slut. <laughs> yeah. That that's was about all they go with, yeah. <laughs> which is fun if she had a little more. Yeah. You know but it's also I mean? hard, like you said, because it is only in flashbacks, so you don't get a ton of who she is, and that's just like what they're trying to prote- portray, that she is this popular party girl that, mm-hmm. is, yeah, just is a slut. Like, that's what she does. Like, she wants to have sex with everybody. Even when they show her and Veronica together, it's never like, I don't know, true friendship. It's always like, yeah, you know, her like flitting around Veronica pretty much to like show the difference between them even back then that she was this wild yeah. girl. And then oh, yeah. like you said it mirrors Pretty Little Liars. Exactly. I mean, it's just like Allison in that. Right. And how she's just basically using all of her friends. And yeah, she thinks that she's smarter and better than everybody else and just wants to live, you know, her little life. And not only throughout the first season, did we keep seeing that image of her with her <laughs> like with her head wound in that little Mm -hmm. outfit dead you see it every single recap at the beginning when they show what happened on the previous episode it's like we don't you know it's in like every one yes you do you see it every week that one time and that's like it Mm -hmm. (laughs) and i just like i hate that because she's just like obviously she is the she is the catalyst and the she's the murder mystery but in a show that i feel like does so well in conveying people as more than they are i just wish that they would have taken a little time yeah to do that with her especially with her and veronica's friendship yeah but once again that's hard to do when a character only exists in flashbacks and you've got so many characters in the now that you're trying to do that with and like you said she is really just more a catalyst than she is anything it would be nice if her character had more depth but speaking of speaking of uh douchebag rich boys though dick <laughs> dick, dick has Casablanca's. i love ryan hansen though he's so funny yeah. in everything he's in party down yeah but he's got he's, it he's got he's, lovable douchebag down he's such a dick but see even he gets like his like he's a dick throughout everything he's just like the cocky asshole rich boy who suffers yep. no consequences for anything ever no. except that like, why would he except that like they do have that moment where after everything that happens in season two so uh, in season three when they're all off to college or whatever dick has that moment where he's like my like my brother's dead and i was i was mean to him. i was really mean to him and like yeah. i i bullied him he like tells a story about what they did mm-hmm. to him yeah and the way that that he played that 
Wow. Yeah, no, there's some good self-actualization, but he still doesn't like grow from it. He's no, still that character, no, no. <laughs> even but after that great, moment. But he's a great character, though. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I forgot that the reason that this is rough, the reason Veronica Mars gets drugged is because at that party, Dick puts a roofie in his girlfriend's drink. Yeah. And then his girlfriend takes a drink and then ends up spitting in Veronica Mars's spits drink. Spits it into Veronica's, yeah. And I'm just like, what? wait, you ru- you roofied your girlfriend. Oh my God. Yeah. Yikes. Mm-hmm. I feel like. Well, then he shoves his little brother into the room that Veronica's, I mean, yeah. <sighs> yeah, that was he all He really is rough. very much to blame. Like, yeah. It's, uh, yes. There are lots of bad people in this show that just, you just, yeah, you forgive them yeah. and let them move on. And then, and then like but on the other hand you have like weevil who like obviously is a morally gray character however like i he gets so much depth and so yeah like, when uh, i was i was pissed at lamb again lamb is such an asshole that weevil talks constantly about how he had promised his grandmother that she would see him walk oh, across God, that yeah. stage and get his diploma he promised her that and fucking Lamb comes in and arrests him while he's getting up to go and get his diploma. You couldn't have, you did not have to do yeah. that. Yeah, you literally had to wait 60 seconds or something, you know? Yeah. I mean, it's uh, yeah, very, it was... very targeted, uh, very that... racist. Yes, it is. That part broke my heart more than like anything. Mm-hmm. He, I just, yeah, Weevil's great. He's really, he's funny. Yeah, like you said, I mean, he's billed as more the morally gray character, but he's also the best of any of the male characters that we've looked at so far, like from an actual moral standpoint. He actually has a code and he lives by it, like, and is not an asshole to most people. I mean, apart from the guy he killed, he left in the- Deserved it. He left in the old stadium to get demolished, right? That's why he gets arrested. Deserved it. But I do think it's funny that like at the beginning, Veronica and Weevil's friendship like rose and so does Veronica in the way that she deals with things because in the beginning she was, even though she knew that the police did not work as they are, I mean, as they should, that's absolutely not correct because they do work as they should. She was very much like on the side of the police. But then there's that episode where Veronica is accused of stealing money from the school and she finds out who did it, but they only find like half of the money. And Weevil comes the next day and he's got like a brand new car. And she's just like, I just want to know how you did it. Like, I don't care. <laughs> she's like, I don't, mm-hmm. I'm fine with it. And I'm like, okay, yeah. Okay, so I made you watch one of these episodes because it has Max Greenfield in it, aka yes. Schmidt from New Girl. And I was really excited about it. And I forgot what role he plays in this. And yeah. so he is Leo, who is. How old is he supposed to be? I don't 22? know. I mean, he's a. At least, I mean, he's a, he's a deputy sheriff deputy at the sheriff's office. Like, I mean, he's not second in command, but you know, he's there. Like, and clearly and has been through police academy and is yeah. he dates Veronica and he like goes after her aggressively, mm-hmm. like aggressively. It's really yeah. gross, especially in that episode because they like she keeps saying things like. Hey, I'll see you at the party that you're going to bust later. The high school party that I'm mm-hmm. going to, that you're going to bust later for your job as a adult police officer. Mm-hmm. And then he comes to her high school dance. Yeah, because her best, best friend invited him. Oh, We're all facilitating God, this. This was a good idea. <laughs> Why did we just accept minors having relationships with, oh, especially like the creepy part is a, a cop. Yeah, I mean, someone in a position of power 
that's several years old. I mean, she's playing 16. Like you said, he's playing a minimum of, we'll even say 22, but probably closer to 25. Like, oh. I mean, yeah. Which, once again, it's a high school show on CW, UPN, you know, whatever. So actually, Kristen Bell is older than him, right? I'm pretty sure. So, you know, you've got this I... weird thing. Where you've got all these actors that are actually in their 20s. Everyone is in their 20s, whether they're playing a high school no, or a 20-year-old. No, that's all of them. And it really so, like, skews your you know, perception of, like, right. that whole thing. Because in all actuality, if you look at a 16-year-old girl, I'd be like, I, that girl is 16. That's 16, a child? Yes. Right. When and you see a 16-year-old with a 25-year-old, you see a difference. I see go to jail. <laughs> but when you have two 24-year-olds, one portraying a 25-year-old and one portraying a 16-year-old, it blurs the lines, right? Uh, yeah, it's just like, I will like say this a million times, and I'm, I've said it before, I'll say it again, that if we could never, ever have a teacher-student relationship in any teen drama again, I will die happy. Yes. That would be a great thing to strive for as a society. I, yeah, I, I, it's inappropriate. And even when they like call it inappropriate on TV shows, they usually don't do a good job of not romanticizing it. it it's right. Always it's always done like even because typically they will say that it's bad at some point, which I don't think they ever do with this relationship, actually. But mm -mm. usually if it is a teacher or someone in, you know, something that, you know, you have to say is bad at some point, they will eventually say it's bad. But it, it'll go on for years or definitely entire episode arcs or entire seasons of it just being like, oh, this is OK. And it's fine because he actually loves her and yeah. all this stuff. And it's like. No, it's never okay. <laughs> like there should be no positive thing about this at all. It should yep. all be negative. Yeah, this is I... never a good thing. Yeah, I, and like, like I said, just like the whole part about him being a cop, it just it skews me out. Considering what we know about police, how a lot of them are domestic abusers and will use their position in police to further victimize women and yeah. Mm -hmm. It's gross. It's gross. It's gross. Speaking of gross, lamb, just lamb. The definition of abusing your power and lording it over people and just being an overall douchebag. So yeah. put a douchebag in a position of power. They're going to manipulate people. And that's who he is. Yeah. And it's like, especially because like Neptune is like kind of made out to be this like, I mean, obviously they have a sheriff's department, not a police force. So it's supposed to be this like smaller town kind of thing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. he's like in a whole different position of power even when you think about it that way no yeah because i mean they talk about that with keith and that's why veronica was considered in the popular crowd because the sheriff was like a position of power that's accepted yeah. in the community because it's such a small town like it's you know a thing yeah that's another another one of the terrible men in this show because there's yeah. a there's a lot of them there's a lot of them and they're portrayed as like being terrible because of the power that they have mm -hmm. and because oh, yeah. of the privilege that they're afforded. So oh, privilege the is the rich... biggest theme in the yeah. show, right? <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. yeah the power really afforded to you by privilege and how you can abuse and manipulate that and use that to control the people around you is yeah, one of the biggest themes throughout the show. Mm -hmm. I just want to throw out a couple of the guest stars that were on the show. Sure. Uh, speaking of inappropriate teachers, Adam Scott. <laughs> Adam Scott plays a gross teacher and back Paris... when we still build him as a douchebag yeah before yeah. uh before Parks and Rec I, I forgot we... about that I like forget about it all the time because he's just such a like a sweet little cutie yeah that seems like much more him but before that Step Brothers, this um Boy Meets World uh mm -hmm. yeah always, <laughs> always uh 
Oh, it's a douchebag. We got some Paris Hilton with some bad extensions, real bad extensions. You could see her yeah. extensions taped in when she turns around at one point. She's wearing a juicy tracksuit. Fantastic. Very fitting. Very fitting. Leighton Meester mm -hmm. is in that one with Adam Scott. Yeah, because we said Gutenberg comes in, Tessa Thompson, Kristen Tessa Ritter. Thompson. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. In the same season. Yeah, I'd say both of them are, you know, regular season two guest stars. Um, definitely uh, pulled in a lot of names for a small time UPN show. So, And some of those, I mean, are people that, I mean, weren't that big. I mean, because that's Leighton Meester before Gossip Girl starts. Yeah. And that's Tessa Thompson for she's sure. Before she's Tessa Thompson. Yeah. 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 That's like, she does a guest appearance on House, I'm pretty sure, at the same time. With, and she's blonde as well before they turned her into Blair. Yeah. Well, they were like, we can only have one blonde. In this we can show. only have one blonde. Let's kind of move into the ways that this show connects with the rest of the season. And what I found interesting about the way that you can connect these teenage girls solving mysteries with things like sexual assaults and having like control and figuring things out for themselves. I think I especially find this interesting because last week we did Nancy Drew on campus. And in that, there was a very prominent sexual assault plotline. Mm -hmm. And even though that book was very light on the actual mysteries, I do think that there is something to be said about like that connection between girl solves a mystery and like the powerlessness of sexual assaults especially teenagers these girls have to constantly be in these worlds of extreme toxic masculinity mm -hmm. um in everyday life i always say like i feel like it's so hard to be a teenage girl because you get it from all of these sides that you have absolutely no way of disconnecting yourself from. Because like, look at in schools. That's the first time that I uh, was sexually assaulted because a boy grabbed my butt in sixth grade. We were constantly had to deal with our teachers telling us that we had to cover up, had to deal with teachers that were inappropriate at times. Yeah. And just like, I in general, I it's it's one of those places that you have to be. So you can't escape it. Mm -hmm. And so you're getting it at this like very like the smaller level. And then you're getting it from all of society. Obviously. Yeah. I mean, and that's just what society is. And then school is just this tightly compacted microcosm, microcosm of, it. of it. Right. And so it's just very personified. And I mean, that's what's cool about Veronica. I mean, is essentially why she is a detective is to gain that control back after all exactly. of these things happen to her. Right. You know, and that's not necessarily the storyline of other Teenage detectives, girl detectives and stuff. They usually just like is. are and because they're smart. But sometimes yeah. it is. But I mean, but it it is. Is. I mean I hers is that... very specifically. It's about her autonomy, right? Definitely. It's, definitely. I have to, I'm on my own. I need to do things for myself. I need to be in control of everything. And that's you know, how she portrays herself. And that's how she takes on the detective thing. And that's why she's so observant. And that's why she needs to just be on a swivel at all times and, and take care of herself. She, know she has to be because she's yeah. been through it because the world sucks and don't trust anybody yeah so she became a detective out of necessity and i would say that nancy drew did kind of the same because especially when we're looking back at her early version of her where she's 18 she doesn't have a job she's not allowed to have a job she's not allowed to go to college because it's 1930 yeah, because it's 30s yeah she 
doesn't know what else to do she she has no other power in her life right. even mm-hmm. though as we've said in that you know first episode of nancy drew and the uh secret of the old clock yeah secret of the old clock how she is a very privileged white woman especially in that time she's got money and stuff but she still had very little power yeah and solving mysteries was a way to she was a woman yeah any power at all right and people Mm -hmm. took her seriously because she was able to have this one thing about her and i think that veronica strives the most for people to take her seriously and that's why she does she like has those like little witty comebacks because when people don't take her seriously it pisses her off probably more than anything right and i think that that really stems back to that that morning after she was assaulted and went to the police station and was literally laughed at was laughed at yeah so i think that it's definitely all these connections with like how to just take control as a woman in our society yeah yeah i mean especially for teenagers yep also kind of found the whole sexual assault as a storyline arc to be so much better than any other of the cw slash wb prime time ish teen shows uh-huh. except for degrassi but that was also not Canadian. not network TV, and that was not network <laughs> right. tv right but because that is actually like Paige's storyline where it is okay so this might seem a little disconnected because they were just vacuuming the hallway so we had to take a little pause little pause but what i was saying since i was so rudely interrupted (laughs) how dare they clean this apartment building gross i think that this is one of the better sexual assault as a storyline that was done in that time in teen Mm -hmm. dramas like i said degrassi is an exception also is canadian as you pointed out yeah i mean it's just Uh, like you said i mean it wasn't on network TV. It wasn't yeah. on American TV at all. It's held to different standards. They can cover things in a different vein. That's right? true. And they did. But I kind of was thinking about the other teen dramas of the time and in the 90s. And sexual assault was used more as like a shock. Like it was like a shocking thing. Right. Or, or it was used to like push like a romantic story arc like i think of the one tree hill one mm-hmm. with brooke and peyton yeah and about how like that weirdly like pushes lucas and peyton closer together when she's like drugged and almost assaulted yeah no, that's and, how like, they always do it i mean you said this yeah. a very common thing of girl gets drugged at party and guy that she you know will they won't they guy comes and shows up to save her and rescue like, yeah this is gross <laughs> it is really gross and i i i think i was really into that as a kid too because I'm i was sure. just i like, mean because i think that it is something that's romanticized and like you yeah. think as i mean and, and once again you were a teenage girl so like did you think that like oh even if i am at one of these parties and i get drugged some guy will come save me and it'll be great and we'll start uh, our fairy tale together it's like no no that's no uh it's much more likely that those guys would be uh helping yes <laughs> the perpetrator and this is kind of why uh ashley and i thought that the storyline in nancy drew last week was really realistic and much better mm-hmm. because th- the guys all did work together to to help the 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 guy the guy yeah the frat douchebag so. yeah so that was pretty much like my always experience with teenage dramas i kind of like read a quick 
paper about it where it talks about like the ways that sexual assault was used as plot lines and and in most cases it was those things that we were kind of talking about it was either shocking or it was to like a damseling in distress kind right. of thing mm-hmm. and how Veronic Mars was really different because that didn't happen no yeah we were introduced to this this plot line in the first episode and it's something that continues throughout the entire series that she talks about and she deals with yeah and season three is as much as like season three is kind of a hit or miss for me like i did enjoy it but it's a whole season of campus sexual assault sexual assault yeah mm-hmm. it's like like it and it's talked about and the way that it was shown in the 90s and 2000s was especially bad because it always had the person going to the cops and the cops believing them and all of this stuff and it was like right very simplistic view of what actually happens and it does kind of give you a false sense of security yeah and Veronica being like, like obviously not good that she's like laughed out, but like that's much more likely of what would have happened. But at least right, at least it's true to what life is like. I mean, we talk about that with the, you know, teacher student relationship and stuff like that. If you romanticize these things, then it's bad. Like you know, people will not get the point that this is a very bad thing. It's a very real thing that happens all the time. Like you said, they just deal with it as it, if it is ubiquitous. Like you said, it happens in the first episode and it's a prominent theme. It's a prominent storyline throughout all three seasons. Mm-hmm. Like her sexual assault in particular. And then, yeah, the overarching, you know, yeah, guy that shaves the girl's heads, I think is the, is the college mm-hmm. plot line. But that even starts in season that one or two, season right? starts in season two, yep. When she season goes two, to visit. Yeah. And even the what happens in season two with uh Cassidy where Mm -hmm. he because like we said like this is just very much a show about toxic masculinity and you can't talk about toxic masculinity or power without talking about sexual assault because it all goes hand in hand together and uh and how Cassidy assaults Veronica because he doesn't feel like a man because he himself was molested as a child yeah and literally everything that happens in the show is because of terrible men. Yeah. And, and beyond that, he's constantly bullied by every man in his life and his older brother and constantly told that he's not a man. And so that amplifies it. And that's why he doesn't want to come forward about, you know, Woody molesting him and stuff when, you know, these other guys are like, you know, this is bad. And like, it's not on us. Like, you know, but he doesn't believe that because he thinks that it's something that makes him lesser of a man and that, you know, his brother will make fun of him for that. And his you know, dad will never see him. His dad for. will make fun of him for that, you know, that, you know, everyone will just treat him differently so they don't already treat him like a piece of shit. I think that that was really well done because of that, though, because it does it. It's, it's not a one and done thing. It's not a. Yeah. um Right special episode it's not a storyline of the week where you go to the police this is a thing that happens it happens to a lot of women and we're going to talk about it as such yeah yeah done really well yeah really well (laughs) i think that like the way that the powerlessness of that and the whole concept of a teenage girl wanting to be a detective and solve mysteries and do things for herself makes a lot of sense Mm-hmm. and that's what we are going to um end the season out with because this is no. the last episode of the season but before we do how did we relate to veronica mars what lessons did we take with us well into adulthood you kind of watch this as a, more of an adult but yeah. uh what what lessons did we learn this time around 
Oh, who did you identify with? I mean, definitely in you know, after watching all of it, I identify with Logan the most because he's the male character that you want to be the most. He's the coolest guy, right? So as a guy watching this, <laughs> that is who I want to be, even though, as we pointed out, very problematic, has a lot of issues like that. But also, as we pointed out, extremely charming. And when it comes into it, very loyal and good to the people that's close to him, like his mom, and then eventually Veronica when they're together and things like that. Like he does have a, he does have a moral compass. It's just wildly misdialed at the beginning of the show. He also sleeps with Madison Sinclair. Uh, is that her name? Yeah. Yeah. I think so. Uh, in season three, and I, I don't think I could have ever forgiven him for that. Yeah, way too. That's way too late in life to sleep with Madison Sinclair. That's a high school thing, or no, no, never. Come on, Logan. <laughs> I just had a moment where I was like, "Is that her name?" Because on Degrassi, the characters that you never see are, uh, I think that the last name is Sinclair because it's Holly J. San- Sinclair is her sister. Uh-huh. Later on, they always talk about her older sister, but she's never actually seen they just mentioned her and they're just always like talk shit about her it's a crossover madison that's that's the sister (laughs) anyway she moved to uh, neptune california that's why you never see her other than that uh any other lessons or like ways you would have kind of identified with this as a teenager well i mean i think some of the things that we've talked about like i mean it's just very cool that this is the progression of a female teenage detective like you said about how nancy drew like you know found her autonomy in being a detective because she was a woman in the 30s and had no autonomy outside of you know just being a woman and being you know you're gonna get married and you're gonna have a household and you're gonna take care of kids and like that's just what you do you don't actually make these choices for yourself that's just what life kind of is and I mean, not that we've gotten completely away from that society, but, you know, women do work, women, you know, we have gotten, you know, we have grown a little bit as a society, not that women, but women are still mistreated and are kind of, you know, there's misogyny, there's institutionalized misogyny that keeps women down. And so her finding her own autonomy as a girl in the 2000s, and like you said, I mean, it's because of some other bad things, but just kind of seeing that progression, now they did that, it's just like a really cool thing to relate to. And of course, it's a good show, it's a good teenage show too, outside of just even the detective outside of all these like hard themes you know like i said it's a very dark show overall but it's also portrayed in southern california so like the scenery and stuff is very bright and and sunny and you know there are just like good little teenage you know storylines as well you know in one of the episodes that we watch she's like trying to track down who someone's secret admirer is and so she does little things like that there are some you know serialized mysteries of the week that are a little lighter and so they do a good job of mixing those two things together which is what i look for in a you know a teenage soap opera, you know, primetime kind of show, which is just, yeah, very relatable, very good, very fun to watch. He said, great rewatch. Anytime that I watch any episode, I just want to rewatch the whole thing because it's so well done. Yeah, I I completely agree. I, well, I would say it was probably a, a Veronica at the time when I was discovering this show mm-hmm. uh, was a little more like sarcastic and like i mean veronica that we meet in the beginning is very much fuck everyone i like i can't trust anyone and like i just, yeah. I feel like that's really relatable even if you haven't had huge traumatic things happen to you yeah. <laughs> as a teenage girl that's just really relatable because like it, you you know you have like friendships that dissolve like you're changing you're like i find it relatable people. as a 30 something year old guy Yes. Fuck everyone. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I I like wanted to be her when I grew up. I still kind of want to be her when I grow up. She is the darker, more grown up and um 
actualized Nancy Drew. Right. I feel mm-hmm. like I didn't want to make that comparison really because I hate it when people are like, oh, there's two things with girls in it. So put those <laughs> hands together. <laughs> to be fair, it is two things with teenage girl detectives. That gives it a little bit more. But and as we said, like it is the evolution. It is yeah. a yeah, a growth of Nancy Drew. Because I'm pretty this. sure that the like CW Nancy Drew show that I think just got canceled or something was I'm pretty sure it's like a darker vibe with like a lot of like yeah. more complex mature things happening and in this things the smaller mysteries did get solved for the most part but there's also what I thought was really important to show that definitely was not a thing in the Nancy Drew books was that Veronica made a lot of mistakes Mm-hmm. When she was trying to like help people, like in the one where she, this woman comes to find this guy that she had like lost touch with. She, and she found the guy who was really hard to find. I finally found him, called him up and Keith stops her because guess what? He's in witness protection and it's actually like, like the mafia yeah. coming to yeah, so The Russian yeah. mob is trying to track him down. Yeah. So yeah. yeah, there are things that since she is just a 16 year old girl yeah. that she doesn't understand, despite her being portrayed as someone that is kind of all knowing, like she's certainly far more advanced than any other 16 year old ever. Right. And can solve all these mysteries. But at the end of the day, she's not infallible. Like they do have those things. Mm-hmm. And I mean, neither is Keith. Neither is any character yeah. in here for sure. There is no perfect character and they all help each other all the time. And yeah, it's yeah, really well done. Definitely. All right. Uh, thank you for coming on the podcast on this snowy Sunday night. Woo! <laughs> this snowy vacuumy Sunday night. <laughs> snowy vacuumy screamy kitty. Sunday night. (laughs) All right. Bye. Bye.